Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Friends, welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Shulton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Schulten Kranz. I'm excited to share that we are going to be opening the cart for our April, June, and October Grand Canyon 2021 retreats. If you wanna deep dive into yourself and go into nature and have so much fun in the process, please subscribe to my newsletter, sarahschultenkranz.com. We will keep you up to date. Also, we have launched our virtual healing program called The Trail, a community for truth, inspiration, hope, and healing. Every month we are tackling a new topic. You will have live as well as recorded trainings from me, group coaching, and some of my favorite speakers, my mentors, my colleagues are going to be coming to you to speak and share and teach, including Florence Williams, the best-selling author of The Nature Fix. We have Michelle Poitier, all about speaking your truth, Dr. Barbara Steffens, Relational and Betrayal Trauma, Dr. Jake Porter, all about trauma brain, Dork Reichenthal, my former therapist and dear friend, oh gosh, Brittany Lynn, she collaborated on the meditations in my book. You guys, the list goes on and on. If you would like to come and join us monthly or stay for the entire year, please email me, sarah at sarahsholtonkranz.com or email my assistant, Joe, J-O at sarahsholtonkranz.com and let's get you in. So today I am so excited to have my guest on, Sylvia Farbstein. She has spent the last two decades learning how life presents us with unexpected twists and turns that can shake us up to our core, stop us in our tracks, or provide a catalyst for exciting change. Her professional world took a leap from the predictable and defined realm of private banking in New York City to one of few answers and no blueprint when her son, 21-year-old Brandon, was diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism. Now, I have had Brandon on my, uh, I have had him on my podcast um, in the past. If you have not listened to that episode, please go do so. My own kids were actually in with me when I was um, interviewing Brandon. It's a great episode. Their experiences navigating a world not built for somebody like him prompted them to seek out ways to either to neither to neither be confined nor defined by limitations perceived or otherwise. This has led to an entrepreneurial career path for both mother and son that has impacted millions of lives. So Sylvia and I really had a great deep dive conversation about raising your child um, when there is trauma within the family. Go grab your journal, your favorite drink, take this outside if you can, listen to it, just breathe in the air, 
or if you need to, take a seat at your um, within your home, open the windows, and allow yourself to find some clarity within her words. It is a beautiful episode. I am so grateful that you are here listening as Sylvia and I had this powerful conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Sylvia Farbstein. I am so excited to have you on. You and I, um, I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing your son, Brandon, and yes. my kids came in. To, did you know that? My kids actually came in to be a part of that interview. And it was really, I love that. Yeah, it was really, really cool. They learned a lot um, just from having the conversation with me, beside, beside me, with him. And so I wanted to bring you in today for multiple reasons, because, well, you're a mama bear. <laughs> you're an amazing- For sure, yeah. Right? You're an amazing <laughs> mom. And um, a lot of what's been coming up lately within conversations with people that I've been having has been around mothering. Mothering in 2020, mothering when there are difficulties around us, mothering when your family is in trauma. Uh, and so I always listen to the questions, the conversations that we are having, that I'm having with others. And then I bring in people that I know where they would appreciate a good conversation with and you were it. <laughs> so I'm so honored to have you here. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, who is Sylvia? And then we're going to start diving in. Absolutely. So I am someone who has evolved in so many different ways. I started out as a young woman who thought she had everything planned out and knew the right steps to take to, you know, earn a degree in finance from NYU, become a banker, climb up the corporate ladder. And then, you know, life throws zigs and zags at us. So the first um, one was going on a blind date with my now husband. Uh, we were set up on a blind date in New York City. And 11 months later, we got married and I ended up moving from New York to Richmond, Virginia. And I didn't really know anyone here, but I realized the way to make it feel like home is just to embrace all the differences. And that was the start of a very fun journey. We um, ended up having our kids a few years later. Our daughter, Brooke, is now 23 years old. And Brandon, who you mentioned, is now 21. And had a totally normal pregnancy both times, gave birth normally. Um, and then I took Brandon on his two-year checkup. And the pediatrician gave us a glowing report and I stopped him in his tracks and I said, something doesn't feel right to me. It appears that his torso is growing in length, but his limbs are slower. And he said, let me take a closer look, get him undressed again. And as soon as he took that second look, he sent us to a geneticist who had a six month waiting list, but we were in two days later. And that led to a series of skeletal x-rays and medical professionals. And six months later, after Brandon's skeletal x-rays were sent to the UCLA Skeletal Dysplasia Registry, we got a diagnosis. And it is called metatrophic dysplasia. It is one of hundreds 
um, of forms of dwarfism, but this is one of the rarest. There are actually less than a hundred medically documented cases. So here I am at the time, a corporate woman working full time, juggling motherhood, thinking, you know, I had everything laid out in front of me. I knew what to do. And out of nowhere comes this diagnosis. It wasn't anything that ran in our family. It's one of those genetic mutations, you know, those things that you learn about in biology class that you never think you'll get impacted by. And so my husband and I, without even talking about it all that much, realized the only thing we can control in all of this uncertainty was how we were going to raise Brandon. And we decided we're going to raise him just like we're raising Brooke. We're going to raise him to live the best life possible. And at the time, it was um, a bit challenging because there was no Facebook. There were no support groups. The only thing I had access to were very limited medical journals that had these horrific black and white photos of all kinds of deformities. And I knew that wasn't the future that I was going to be focused on. Mm. So we kind of, you know, took a shot in the dark. We didn't know what we were doing, but we knew we had to move forward. And at the end of the day, as parents, aren't we winging it anyway? I mean, (laughs) at times we think we have things figured out, but Truly, we're all winging it. And so we just learned to be really good at it because in the journey of raising Brandon, who now at the age of 21 stands just under four feet tall, we quickly realized that the world is not designed for someone like him. And we had to make so many adaptations. And um, I love that you called me you know, a mama warrior, because I had to learn how to advocate for accommodations and sort of, you know, level the playing field so that he would be able to do the things that his peers and his classmates were able to do. Right. Wow. Wow. So you get this diagnosis and Was it right away when you had this realization of I'm going to just dive into this? And what was the, what was the um, period of almost like mourning the grieving for you? I remember actually getting a phone call from my pediatrician while I was at my office and I'm, you know, in the middle of the work day and he said, you know, I, I just got the report. I know you already got the letter. I just want to say to you that Brandon is going to be the person that he is meant to be, Mm. even with this diagnosis. And so I think that just gave me this hope and it didn't really give me a, a lens of, you know, shock or grief. It just gave me hope. And, you know, although this was the same pediatrician that I, as a mom, needed to say, hold on, let's do a double take. Those words that he gave me over the phone that day were very comforting. And so 
the biggest challenge for us, truthfully, was explaining it to our extended family. Mm. Because as open-minded and kind of willing to roll our sleeves up as my husband, Steve, and I are, our family is kind of used to normal things. You know what I'm saying? Like things that are just not out of the ordinary. So this did come as a shock to them and they didn't know what to think. But as it turned out, the um, Lifetime, no, I think it was TLC channel started showing a reality show called Little People, Big World. And I started watching it and I was amazed at all the incredible adventures that this family had. And I got my mom and my mother-in-law, my grandmothers to all watch it. And they were so grateful because it made them realize, wow, Brandon can have a great life. And this isn't a huge, you know, black cloud that's going to hang over his head. So it's interesting to see that we all come to the table from different perspectives Mm -hmm. and different mindsets. And it's very important, I feel, if, if you're a parent that has a partner or a spouse, it's important to sort of get on the same page and despite what anyone else outside your immediate family says or feels, you kind of have to just keep on going and um, not get overwhelmed by some negativity that might be coming your way. Yeah. It's interesting. I want to just state something here that happened. The moment that it's interesting how one statement, one sentence can alter the entire way that you are operating or how you view things or can give you so much hope for the future. And I know for myself, there's been plenty of times where I've had people say things to me, which has been super helpful into giving me the power and the knowledge and the clarity to move forward and, and hope, like I believe so deeply in hope. Um, So I love that because it's also a reminder to all of us that are listening that one statement that you make today can hold with a person for the remainder of their life and alter how they parent, how they view something that is difficult, how they choose to step into their own healing, whatever it is. And that is true. I'm going to challenge all of you that are listening right now, listen to what she said and go do that. Go make a change in somebody's life simply by giving a positive statement to somebody today. It's so good. It's so, so good. I have to tell you, your son is a remarkable human being. Uh, Truly, truly remarkable human being. He has a very deep spirit and soul that you can feel. I can feel. When I met him, uh, I was just blown away. Um, You know, I think that the one thing about parenting is that we can have that within us and we can also have uh, people around us that don't support the things that actually allow us to live in our spirit and soul. And you uh, and your husband and your daughter have done a tremendous job of supporting him to go do what it is that he wants to do in this world. 
Um, I mean, who would have thought, right? Like who would have thought? I mean, I'm sure you at that young age or as a younger mom probably didn't think, oh, he'd be standing on stage or walking, walking at a fashion show or, you know, doing all the things that he does. So I want people to hear about who is Brandon so that they also understand who we're talking about here today. Um, he is so much more, so much more than this, than this unfortunate, you know, which I mean, is it in an unfortunate, it's just like what your, what your doctor said, that's who he is. And he wouldn't be who he is today without also being this amazing young child who you found out about had this diagnosis. So who is he? I want everybody to get a snapshot of Brandon. Absolutely. So before I tell you who he is today, I want to take you back and mm -hmm. share with you how he evolved. Yes. Um, because we're all going through an evolution, no matter what season in life we are in. All of the experiences that we go through are going to impact who we become and who we are. So he had a series of um, very major leg surgeries that was uh, at the age of four and at the age of eight. And when he was eight, it, it kind of took its toll because this was wild. He goes in for his second set of surgery um, on his legs. And we thought, oh, we've done this before. It was a few years ago. We kind of know the drill and he'll be in these leg casts and he'll be, you know, out of them in a few weeks and, and we'll move on. Well, they wheel him out of the OR and they let us take a look at him. And the doctor says, oh, I forgot to mention to you ahead of time, this surgery um, was a bit more extensive and he's now wearing a spica cast. Mm. For those that don't know what a spica cast is, imagine both of your legs fully casted, kind of spread apart with a bar that is going oh my God. to hold them apart. Yeah. Um, horizontally. And I said, what do you mean you didn't tell us this? Like, how am I supposed to figure out once I take him home, like how to dress him? And, you know, typical <laughs> doctor was like, oh, you know, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Well, you know, again, it taught me another life lesson. And that was to open up to friends, open up, bear your soul, ask for help. And once I did that, I had an amazing friend who was very comfortable with the sewing machine and she did all the thinking. She said, all right, we're going to go. I'll buy him sweatpants, a few sizes too large. I'm going to take them apart. And at the seams, I'm going to put Velcro in. Mm -hmm. So that way you'll be able to use Velcro and, you know, he'll have a few different pajama bottoms and sweats and all that. And that was like such an amazing gesture. You know, a lot of times you try to help people by asking them what they need, but I think the onus is on us to speak up and share what is going on, what is causing us the most stress and friends that are there for you are going to kind of take that on as their own and they're going to run with it. So anyway, you know, he comes home, he misses a good amount of school. And I remember, I believe it was third grade. 
he totally missed mu- the multiplication tables. So math <laughs> to this day is not his favorite <laughs> subject. Um, and, you know, school offered a, a homebound teacher, but for some reason, they don't really match up what you're learning with the skills of the teachers. So the homebound teacher was a librarian. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was an interesting um thing that he had to deal with, but it showed him that there are going to be times in life where you're going to be taken off that path that you've been on and you're going to have to adapt and deal with it. And that to me is one of the biggest gifts we can give our kids. Don't necessarily think that you have to always take their pain away, Mm. that you have to protect them from the hard stuff. I mean, eight years old and he started figuring it out. Like he realized, okay, this is not the ideal situation, but I'm strong enough to move forward. I'm strong enough to overcome it. I'm not going to just you know, sit and cry all day because I can't be with my classmates. So that kind of set the groundwork for him to start developing a sense of self. And so years go by and at age 11, he came home from middle school one day and was in a horrific mood and basically um, shared with me that he wanted to end his life. And I, of course, was shocked at those words. But now looking back, I realize what a gift it was to have a kid who was comfortable enough to share that kind of serious pain with me. And so that was, uh, again, a pinnacle moment in his life and in mine and made me realize that we've got to get him some serious help. And we must've gone through about six different therapists and counselors until we found one with the right fit. But it's really important to do more listening than judging, more listening than solving, no matter what age our kids are at. Because like you had mentioned, Brandon is an old soul. So even at age 11, he felt things on a much deeper level than most 11-year-olds. And it really taught me to be there with just a lot of love and attention and not jump in and tell him that his feelings are going to go away and, you know, this isn't going to matter soon or anything like that. Um, So just, you know, to be alongside and feel the pain with them, I think helps validate to them that their feelings matter and they matter. So we got him help. At the same time, um, he was really active in acting classes. Drama was something that he discovered at a young age, and he was so good at it. And it was so important to us to allow him to have an outlet. 
of creativity, a safe space where he can go and not feel like an outcast, but feel like someone whose talents were being developed, someone who really was part of a team when they put on a play or a musical. So that was really a gift and I think um, enabled him to learn how to develop his voice. Mm. And so he did that. And then at um, the age of 14, when we went to visit his orthopedic surgeon and Brandon shared that his legs were in a lot of pain, the surgeon said to him, I think you ought to start thinking about a mobility device. And Brandon said, well, what type of device is there? And when <laughs> the, the surgeon shared, oh, you know, a wheelchair or one of those motorized scooters, Brandon had a much better idea and a very unique one. He wanted to use a Segway as a mobility device. And the doctor was amazing. He didn't say, oh gosh, no one has used one of those. That's never going to work. He said, you know what? I don't have any patients that have used that, but try it out, see how it works. And that led to a path of innovation and creativity that has been such a common thread in Brandon's life. And a few months later, we were at the Richmond airport and he ended up meeting someone who was an incredible, curious soul that again realized this isn't just a normal teenager. This is like a kid that I could have a meaningful conversation with. And that conversation led to Brandon a few months later being invited to the TEDx stage. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 15, he gave a TED talk and it truly was the first time that he shared his story with vulnerability and authenticity. And it, was the day that he discovered his purpose on this earth, that he discovered there is something so much bigger, literally and figuratively, than himself. And that is to share his story, to share his experience, to share his insight and perspective with audiences. Because he realized that you're able to make such an incredible connection. And connection is what really impacts people. So he became um, very, very um, set on wanting to be a professional speaker and figured, well, I first have to graduate high school and then go to college and then I'll start my career and again, one of those zigs and zags in life a couple of years later, at the age of 17, when he was a junior in high school, he was so severely cyberbullied by his high school peers that we had to pull him out. And that was a really challenging and dark and stressful time for each of us. But as we look back, we realize that was the greatest gift that could have given to him, that could have been given to him because we all have the ability to do something with our pain and suffering. And for him, it led to us both testifying at the Virginia General Assembly, having two pieces of legislation be signed into law 
giving us the empowerment of sharing our story and realizing that we can use that very dark, painful time to make change, to enact something that will hopefully benefit families in the future. So that is when um, Brandon was able to start his professional speaking career and his trajectory has just skyrocketed. He realized that I don't need to be on what society deems this course of action of first graduating from high school and then going to college and only then starting a career. He started it while he was doing online school in high school. (laughs) So he then hired me as his manager and we now work alongside of each other. And for the past couple of years, we've learned the business of speaking, of how to negotiate contracts, of who to get him in front of, and that has spanned the gamut of audiences that are small in size or tens of thousands. Many have been live and now all are virtual. Um, And it's ranged from schools to Fortune 100 companies. So It's been incredible to see that you are limitless in how life throws things at you, but you can turn them around and your age doesn't matter. Your experience doesn't matter. You can have a message that resonates with so many different people. And when you find that, you really understand that your purpose is so much larger than just being here and enjoying your life. Yeah. So it's so remarkable though, because too, the other piece to this is, you know, as children, we need parents that can guide us through that, which you've done again, like you've done a tremendous job of that. Um, I think so many parents, when they have difficult situations that arise, they want to, because they're human. We're parents, we're human. And that's the other thing that we sometimes forget, right? It's like we are human and we may want to go and put our head into the sand or we we may want to just crawl under the covers and not come out. And we may want to just pretend like it didn't happen. And yet we have to do better by our children. And that's exactly what you've done, which is the biggest gift that you could give to your child right? And to everybody else in the world, because now look at what that's done. You, you know, you've, you've supported him in a way that now he is rippling into so many other lives and into so many other parents' lives where they can also look at you and say, okay, how did they get through this? How did they take the steps through this? Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned the the humanity of it, because I do think that sometimes as parents, we think we need to show up as the all-knowing force, Interesting. but it, it makes a more powerful, deeper relationship when we show up in a more authentic and vulnerable way for our kids. So when he was cyberbullied and we had to pull him out of high school, I was so stressed out and so anxiety ridden that I ended up getting shingles. And at the time I was 50 years old and I remember going to the doctor and saying, 
shingles. I, I thought this was like an older person's disease. And the doctor said to me, I am diagnosing younger and younger women that are getting it. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's due to stress. And that was my wake up call. I realized that I have no control over the path or the course of his life. And I, I literally just learned to let go for my own health. And also I realized I was stressing him out mm. because I was just like on top of him saying, okay, you've got this work to do. And did you remember that? And once I realized I was physically making myself sick and by the way, shingles is like one of the most painful things. It was, it was horrific. I felt like I had a thousand ice picks going into me. And by the way, I had what she deemed a mild version of it. So it was crazy. Mm. But once I let go, it was crazy how things started lining up the way they should be. Oh. And we met people, we um, found opportunities. And one of the talks that Brandon did led us um, to an invitation by Tony Robbins a few months later. And we both attended Tony's three and a half day event, Unleash the Power Within. And that started a personal development excavation that both Brandon and I jumped into. It was incredible. Um, we each walked on fire and we were able to dig down deep, figure out what our limiting beliefs were and just plow through them. And when we came back from that event, Brandon set all of these intentions for himself and all of these goals. And as a result, he ended up becoming the youngest member of the National Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. He published his first book a year later and now is looked upon as a Gen Z thought leader and someone who is very knowledgeable in the diversity and inclusion space. And, you know, although COVID hit in March and it was devastating to see so many of the live events he had been scheduled to do either canceled or rescheduled for a future date or go virtual and all of our travel stopped. And that's like one of our favorite things to do together to travel to his events and meet interesting people and see new cities and towns. What it did was it opened up a whole new slew of possibilities and pathways and led him to walk New York Fashion Week for Tommy Hilfiger. And what it has taught us on such a big, big um, way is you have to embrace all of the uncertainty. You have to lean into it. You cannot continuously say, oh, I can't wait until we go back to normal. Because guess what? We're not going back. And it was never normal to begin with. So what if we look at it as, okay, so this is an opportunity for us to learn new skills, pursue new things, be open to all of the uncertainty, 
And instead of looking at it through a lens of fear, let's embrace it with a sense of curiosity and excitement. And it's been such a thrill and a joy to look back and see how far we have come in these last few months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amen, sister. (laughs) I just like (laughs) give you a high five right there from, from East coast to West coast, because I think so many times when things happen, when difficulties happen, we tend to want to control the outcome and we grip so flipping hard and we, in that process, lose sight of the miracles along the way of life, of the miracles and the magic and the possibilities from the difficulties, the most difficult experiences that are unfortunate. And yet, when we can find the magic in them, we can also honor the difficulties that have happened, which is so good. Absolutely. Which is so good. And then look at that. Like, look at what, look at the person that he has become, right? Because you have done exactly that. I always say surrender to the outcome, release the grip, surrender to the outcome. You don't have any control over what is there. What you do have control over is where you're at in the present moment and making the steps and taking the steps to get to wherever it is that you want to go. I don't really believe in a there, by the way. I don't know how your thoughts or your feelings are on that, but I just believe, and I believe that very deeply that that there, when I get there, quote, right, unquote, uh, it holds us. It holds us in a state of um, it, it almost small, quite frankly. And so when we can understand that there is no there, well, do you really even want to know what's there anyhow? I don't. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the the journey. journey. And yeah. And realize, you know, when you do surrender to the outcome, the outcome's not always going to be good. It's not always going to be good. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some piles of muck and, you know, mud and, you know, hurdles and, and mountains. I mean, there's going to be so many barriers in the journey to wherever you want to go. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our youth to be real with them and honest with them. And, you know, on days that were just not feeling it, be honest, like you don't always have to have a happy face on. And I realized with COVID that I am so passionate about sharing our journey because it has not been a simple one at all. And there were parts of it that I felt very alone and very isolated And I feel by sharing what we've been through and where we are and the possibilities that opened up because of all of the setbacks that seemed to be setbacks at the time, they really set us up for things that we never, ever envisioned. I mean, I would have never thought I'd have an opportunity to meet someone like you and have this dynamic conversation on a podcast. And so I feel if parents embrace this time and realize that, yes, we are in a time 
of turmoil and uncertainty and the world seems upside down, especially when our kids, you know, were planning on going to prom and homecoming and having these experiences. Well, what I'd like to say is there are no guarantees for those experiences. They are, we're not entitled to them. They're not due to us. And guess what? Even kids that experiences could have a freaking amazing life and a life filled with other experiences. And that was a lesson that I really need to, needed to teach myself because my daughter was homecoming queen and, you know, she went to prom and homecoming and had all those experience. And as did I, when I was a teen and I threw that on Brandon. And when he told me that he didn't want to go to prom and he didn't want to attend homecoming, I said, how could that be? You're going to look back and miss out on these things. And he said, no, I'm not like, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And at first I had a hard time with that because, mm-hmm. you know, we give birth to these babies and we have these visions of these milestones that they're going to hit and these shared experiences that we're going to be able to talk to them about. But guess what? They're on their own journey. And that journey is not for us as parents to define. It's for us to move alongside with them and let them experience it as they are meant to experience it. And if we do that, we see such tremendous growth in them. I mean, the bottom line is I gave birth to a child who is severely limited in his physical stature and yet his mindset, his personal development and growth, it's limitless. It's abundant as it is for all of us if we choose to do the work to get there. Yeah. It's so, um, that's such a beautiful statement. I, one of the things that, um, that you said that I just, it's like, wow. Uh-huh. Is the fact that we don't know what our kids are going to be doing later in life. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and by a lot, and I know for myself, my first child, I raised him very differently than my second and my third. What shifted is that I released that whole helicopter expectation mom thing from my first, and I allowed my second and my third to literally fly. However, I will tell you something that's very interesting than what you're talking about, and I'd never actually really thought that deeply about it until right now in this conversation. When you're parenting, for me now today, I parent with the set of values that we have as a family right? Like what are your values as, as, as a, as a a water polo player and a, I'm thinking of my middle son and as a student, as, as an athlete and as a, as a 19 year old man, I want them to attach to their own values and then to grow from there. For me, it was never, you know, you're going to go to college and then I see you as a doctor and you got to be this and you got to be that. I never, that was never my intention with my children. It was more so what are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your aspirations? Okay, let's talk about that. Let's get underneath that and figure out what do you need? What do you need to believe in? How can I best support you for you to do whatever it is that you're choosing to do in this world? Not my choosing, not my choosing. It's very different though how I, than what I parented my first. So my first, I was very young. I was only 17 years old when I had him. 
So I was still a baby and I was still learning to uh, what I wanted in my life, right? And so it was a very different time. I will tell you it was the best gift though for me to be able to give to my second and my third child then. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a different way of parenting through all of this. So I don't know about you then, Absolutely. So, you know, how you have <laughs> dealt with and managed through and maneuvered through everything uh, in your past I would um, think that it certainly helped you uh, in COVID 2020 and how to release the uh, outcome and release surrender to everything. And, you know, it has for me um, and my children. How is Brandon doing during this? So the first couple of weeks were tough and I definitely saw him at a low point, but then he realized you know what, I've got the ability mm-hmm. to take all of my skills. Um, I'm an actor. I'm a speaker. I deal with, you know, all kinds of things that are not going as planned. And I know how to kind of go with it. You know, because when, when you're on stage, so many things can go wrong and do go wrong. And you just have to sort of, you know, go with it. And so he realized I've got the foundation to do this on a virtual platform. And it was really interesting because a lot of our clients were very hesitant to pivot from a beautiful high energy live event to a virtual event. But when we spoke to them, it's sort of like we reassured them Mm. And made them realize that, you know what, this is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to serve your community or serve your employees. And so it was uh, an awesome lesson for us that, you know, sometimes you have to show up and you have to encourage people to try new things, especially when they've been used to doing things the same old tried and true way. So, you know, the virtual opportunities have continue to come his way, which is fabulous. And what's interesting is that we have felt so connected to such an incredible variety of people. We're both very grateful for technology. It's amazing to look back and think that the cyberbullying and technology could have killed my son, but truly they have been in like the most life-giving forces that have enabled him to connect with people that are doing amazing things within Gen Z. And it gives me such high hope for this generation. And also to connect with people that are decades ahead of him and have incredibly meaningful conversations and collaborate on projects and partnerships together. So we have just used this as an opportunity to embrace technology, embrace connecting, and really being intentional about how we are showing up. Mm-hmm. If, if I could give your audience one takeaway, show up as your truest, highest self. And if you don't know who that is, be open to the journey. Because once you do that, people see you in a different way. Your energy just oozes out. And that attracts 
a lot of different opportunities and people who come your way. And it makes you feel more connected than ever because truly everyone is craving connection these Mm -hmm. days. And those who you think are too successful or too busy to care about what you have to say, most of them do care. And now is the time for us to take more risks and put ourselves out there and really show our kids that life does not end because there's this pandemic out there. Okay, so there's a pandemic, but look at what we can do because of it, not even despite of it, but because of it. Right. That's so beautiful. I know for me, I've sat, (laughs) I've sat on my Instagram and I just started messaging all these people that I would never have thought I'd be able to have conversations with. And I've literally dropped into their IG account and I'm just like, Hey, would you mind reading my book? Because I need a little bit of help here because, you know, my book tour got slashed and over the moon, so many people. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Send it my way. People want to help each other. We want to actually be there to help each other. And it's literally about putting yourself out there and saying, which is what you started with, right? Like you have to also be able to ask for help and you have to be able to receive it and allow it to unfold in whatever way it is. So it's just such a, a, a radically amazing way to live. It's so cool. Yeah, I um I have so many things that I could dive into with you. And I know that we are going to be out of time in just a few minutes. Um, I would like you to leave my listeners with this and yours, your listeners as well. What is, and I know you've given us so many amazing, amazing, amazing um, nuggets of wisdom. What is something that you would tell your younger self, your younger self as a mother uh, today, and then as a younger self mother, what would you tell her to the woman that you are today? Wow. Very powerful question. I mean, I, I like to it. go deep sometimes. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. So to my younger self, I would tell her that life is not going to unfold like you think it will. Mm. And be open to the journey with an open mind and an open heart. And realize that you are going to have difficulties, but that those difficulties are going to plow a path that you can't even envision. And that you're going to live a life of impact bigger than you would have ever thought. Mm, That's beautiful. And so, thank you. So the next question was, what would my younger self tell the woman that I am today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really funny that you ask that question because um, the beauty of technology a couple of weeks ago gave me an opportunity to have a reunion with some of my sorority sisters And it was great fun catching up with everyone and just, you know, laughing and being carefree. 
And um, one of them dug up these photos of me when I backpacked through Europe after I graduated from NYU. And I showed those pictures to my kids. I was 22 years old. So I was younger than my daughter, you know, a year older than my son. And they kind of got to see me in a whole new light. And it made me think back to who I was at the time. So I love your question. And what I would say that 22-year-old should tell this 50-something-year-old mm. to not lose your sense of self, to realize that there is continuous adventure and growth and so many great things to come that this is going to be the most exciting season of your life if you let yourself go there. Mm. And mm. I truly do feel that way. I, I feel like, you know, once we're at a point where our kids are grown and, you know, both of mine live on their own. And um, so when they're grown and flown, it really gives us, especially us women, such a beautiful way to figure out who we are and what we want and things that we want to pursue. So it's interesting that my word for 2020 was evolve. And I feel like I've done so much of that this year. That was your word. I love it. Mine was receive. Yeah. receive, receive, receive. Last year was fierce self-compassion. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's that. I love that. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Evolve. Well, that you've been doing. You you can check that one yes. out. Do you know your word for 2021? Not yet. Nope. I don't either. Still thinking on that. To me yet. Uh, it hasn't come to me. Yeah. It will. If you don't, for those listening, if you don't have a word for your season, as I call it like this, I'm not much of a goals oriented kind of person. I don't, I don't live with, um, I mean, there are certain goals that I have, of course. Right. But I don't look at it like at the, at December 31st, this is what I need to be. This is where I need to be at. I choose a word as well. And that's the word that I remind myself throughout that year of breathing into. So, yes, I don't know my it's powerful. It really is. It really is. And then um, I don't know if you ever create vision boards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do you ever create a vision board? Oh, yes. Yeah. Those are the best. Uh, the <laughs> other thing that I did was last year, this time, it was December 8th. I wrote a letter to myself. December 8th that I now opened up and I'm going to tell you something. It is spot on. It was a literally a letter to me one year later. And so then I, and I'm going to do that again this year too. I definitely, I haven't done it yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to sit down and do that. I'll probably, I'm guiding a group into the grand Canyon over Christmas. So I'll probably do it then. It is such a powerful thing to do such a power. You know, I'm that's amazing. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. That would be a gift for everyone participating. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Well, honey, it has been an absolute pleasure and a blessing to have you on as always. We'll be doing something together in the future. I know that because you and I align so deeply in just simply who we are, quite frankly, and how we show up. So thank you for being here. I really, truly appreciate it. How can people find I'm so you? grateful. 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, how can everybody, let's also discuss that. How can everybody find you? Yeah. And then drop in Brandon. Absolutely. People should be able to, I want people to go in and, um, and follow Brandon as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I am on um, social media at speak beyond words on both Facebook and Instagram. And I love sharing posts about our journey and about life in general, because I feel like we can all help each other widen the lens through which we see our world. And Brandon's um, social media platform on Instagram is at Farbstein. And he is on Facebook as Brandon Farbstein. And we're both on LinkedIn as our real names. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I would love to connect with any of your listeners. And um, truly, I am so, so appreciative of the time that we've had together. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Me too. And make sure that you go and get his book, everyone, 10 Feet Tall. I see it's right behind you actually sitting there. And um, it's a great book. Such a good book. book. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you too, honey. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here, and I would love to invite you over to sarahsheltoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.